me and my wife, like, people would have thought we had a, I'll say a good marriage. You know, we'd been married, we've been married for 15 years now, so it's like around 13 years at that point. But like, I knew that we had, like, I was not meeting my wife's needs because I was not able to be present. I was not able to listen. And I was not really even able to be like intimate in an emotional way, like not a sexual way, but an emotional way. Like, so there was just like no connection, like, or in my mind, I, like she would ask me for, for more. And it was like, I couldn't even see what she was asking for. Like I was almost like impervious. I felt like I had a wall built around my heart. Um, I even will say that like, I felt like my old self was imprisoned inside of me. I can get into that kind of later, um, but I just like couldn't see it, you know. Like I just had some filters over my eyes, and I just could not see. And I had been living that way until I started for a long time, like let's say a decade or more. Welcome to the Superhuman Fathers Transformation Podcast. If you're listening to this, you're about to witness some of the most incredible transformations that have ever happened on the planet. And just by listening to this, you will be inspired to have your own transformation. If you're listening to this for the first time or you're one of the brothers in the brotherhood, go leave a review on the podcast and let the brother or member know how amazing they did and how incredible their transformation was. I'm Kyle Carnahan, founder of Superhuman Fathers, and not only am I going to change your life, I'm going to get you ripped as fuck. I just love how we're building philosophy. We're, we're all philosophers, man. Together. This, like, and I just had the craziest onboarding call with a couple new guys, and we're, we are blowing up. There's, the group is growing. There are so many men that just want to serve. And, they, like, I, and you guys that went through it, a lot of you, I mean, it's changed a little bit probably since some of you OGs came in. But, like, I have this invitation, you know? It's like, will you join me in this pursuit? to rob men of their excuses by leveraging your weakness and your failure and your darkness and your pain. <laughs> it's my favorite because that's what we do here for each other, man. Like the, the fact that Kais has had that, ex well, let's go to Corey first and maybe Emmett's had experience in it too. Cause he gave such great advice to Corey, but Corey Gallup was, you know, having issues with his boy or with his kiddo thinking like, this is too late. I joined superhuman fathers too late, you know, and it's very vulnerable, transparent with everybody. Like, I've already ruined it. And Emmett says, like, dude, if you show up in the present, or you change your, your the the what what your kids remember in the past if you show up in the present or some powerful shit like that. And it was like, whoa. And then Corey was able to share that with me. And then and Kais, because he had seen it on the Zoom. And then I reminded Kais of it. And it was like, boom. And that's what we do here. Kais. Corey, if he had not gone to that dark place in his life, he would never have been able to serve Kais like that in that moment when Kais needed it. And it changed my, my, my mind, like, instantly, even though I knew, you know, the damage was there, that I knew there was a way out and there was a solution. And it's just to, you know, suck it up face the fact that you fucked up correct it and make it better and that's all that's all that's all that needs to be done no lingering around and in, in sorrow and woe is me 
and I fucked up my kid for the rest of his life or none of that shit turning to the bottle or weed or whatever, you know? So uh, I love it forever, forever grateful. It's so beautiful. It is so beautiful, man. And that's what we do for each other. I mean, that's it. And so any moment, any relationship in, in your life that's struggling right now with your child, this was the hardest ones, man. It's hard enough with your, with your wife, but then it's your kid. I, I'm not there yet. I mean, I do Kaisa Guru straight up, <laughs> you know, but like I, I'm, my kids are little, but I still struggle with my four-year-old. I can't imagine when it's like they're almost a little adult and they're saying crazy stuff that hurts and you're just worried about them. You don't know how to fix it, you know, but there's other men in there. If you're, if you're having that issue, there's men in here that are dealing with that. Reach out, let them know they're not alone, you know, plan with them. Um, yeah, I don't know, you know, who I'm talking to on that one, but you're, you're heard, man. I love you. Um, and it's so wherever your dark place is like, dude, Coke wells in here. He shared some, he shared, he shared some dark shit in his freaking transformation zoom. And it was so powerful that people quote it to this day. Like it's doctrine, superhuman father's doctrine, earn it in the stairs, you know? We just freaking, it's just, this is so powerful. There are men in this group right now because, because of Rob, right? Handsome Rob as he goes, because <laughs> he is so damn handsome. But there are men in this group because of him. And he's got a crazy, I mean, we were just talking earlier about his story and he's got some crazy shit that happened that we're going to have to dig into. This, so let me give you a little backstory here. You know, and Kyle and Rob go back. Like, this is, they're homies. Like, this is straight. Like, I, I was a little booger just walking around, like, trying to be cool. And they're skating and hopping into, to the, I was crying. They'd make me hop into schools to skate in there. Like, and I was like, oh, we're going to get caught, you know. I'm scared. Oh, my teacher's going to get mad, you know, or whatever. And it's just, just crazy. And so it's just so fun that we're still connected here and, and Rob's very successful in his career, massive success. And, and he just, you know, let himself go a little bit, maybe a lot of bit. We'll let him yeah, decide. Yeah, a little bit more than that. <laughs> you know, we'll, we'll let him decide. But, but still, right, it's just like I watched him and this relationship with Kylan. We're still all together. We're, you know, it's just years of this. And uh, then, he, then, like, we'll get into the story, but he, he died. Like pretty much like he died of COVID in the, this process. Okay. Like he's in COVID and like we, he disappears and I'm reaching out. We find out like his wife's like, he's not doing well. And I should not be smiling about this, but he's here now shredded. So I can, I'm like, Holy shit. Like is Rob going to die? Like it's going to kill him, you know? And he gets back and he joins a zoom call and he's got like, He's got his oxygen. <laughs> his eyes are all fucking oh, crazy. Man. <laughs> he's like oh, dead, man. bro. Like he, he came back to life, and then he's like pushing his oxygen around like an eighty-year-old man. <laughs> like holy shit! Like what's gonna happen here? Uh, then he comes back from that. Comes back from that and finishes this shit. Finishes it in a timely manner, in which one of, we have a new brother that you know is. His wife saw this and he was struggling. He's in now like, and killing it. You don't know. You just don't know. And so, I, I mean, 
I should just shut up and we're going to let Rob kind of get after it. I'll, I'll start it with some questions. We're, we're in here long enough already. I think, um, how many guys we got in here? 52. Yes. Cause they know we all know how, Oh, two more coming in too, Rob. We all know how amazing you are. So I should actually put them to start this out. I just say thank you because that example, especially, you know, he also had massive progress with his wife, like insane insanity completely different relationship so there's some nuggets there too you guys you can learn from rob so rob i know it's hard to go back we were talking about this too hard to go back where where we were or why we started but um i kind of want to go there a little bit in just the spot like if i remember the you know we were dorito fingers pretty much that's like who we were right you know but yeah Maybe we'll try to go back to Dorito fingers. Okay. Like that's where I wanted to go. <laughs> what were you feeling and what maybe made you pull the triggers? It was different back then. You're an OG. Like we're going back to the beginning guys. There was maybe what, I don't know how many guys in here, man, 20 or something. Yeah. So I think, yeah. Hi everyone. Thanks for being here. Um, yeah. Maybe 20 guys. Like I, like I could probably just re- like, recite the names at that time um because you know it it wasn't that many and it and it's grown so incredibly fast and you know the people of this group are the testament of that and the zoom calls are the gold you know and so um make those if you can i will say those always brought me back from shark infested waters when i got in the quicksand and um and so, yeah, so just, you know, that, that's, uh, super important. Um, and so in the beginning, like where I was at, like Ryan, you know, hit the nail with the hammer with the Cheeto fingers or whatever, Dorito fingers, it was Doritos probably more than Cheetos, but there was some Cheetos in there. Flaming I hot ones. with you, Rob. I, mean, I love Doritos yeah. too. Yeah. So we were in I, it together. I, I, I never really brought it up, but I'm not sure if Ryan was, is really pizza boy. That could have been me, you know? Cause I would put, you know, an entire pizza down too. And I've been doing that for a long time. Um, but so, yeah, like before I started, man, I was progressively getting worse in my nutrition and I didn't work out at all. Uh, I used to work out a bit with Kyle back in the day in high school when we were skating before we went on his mission. And I, I think Kyle, you know, in high school, you know, Kyle was probably my best friend for a few years and we skated every day. Um, he kind of pulled me out of rollerblading and uh, he used to call me Georgetown because I'd wear this Hoya sweatshirt like every day to school. And I, I met Kyle freshman year, but um, you know, I, I had seen superhuman fathers on his Instagram and I was kind of like, dude, what the heck is this thing Kyle is doing? And he's got these pictures with dudes like half naked with him, all, all greased up and shredded. And I, I just had like no idea. I was so far from that, of like exercising at all, you know, after having, I had had two spine surgeries at that point. I was like five years post my second surgery, which I had like a massive MRSA infection in my spine from, which ended up like uh, I was on a pick line for like two months uh, of with vancomycin, eight hours a day. And that was terrifying. I thought I was going to die then. It had gone undiagnosed for like four months. So I was just like living a nightmare in 2015. Um, I hadn't lifted a weight really since then. So we're talking about like, close to seven years maybe something like that six seven years when I I you know started 
and I was, I had taken this new job, like, uh, as a, I'm a director of a biotech company, um, of like a, like a diagnostics, medical diagnostics, um, division, uh, like a global division. And I'd taken this job and it was a lot. And I was down in the lab in Sorrento Valley every day. And I was living on Carl's Jr. And like every fast food place, Taco Bell, like, that's really all I was eating. My wife was always like encouraging me to be healthy. And I was always just dodging that. And like, she didn't even probably know how bad I was eating, you know, eating, I was eating butterfingers like every day. I would go into this little deli by my work and buy like butterfingers and Rice Krispie treats and freaking monsters and all sorts of crap. And I got hooked on Jack in the Box tacos for some reason. And I was eating that crap for breakfast with a Coke for a, for a while. And I'm driving. I remember exactly where I was. I was in Fallbrook driving down South Mission. I just pulled out a Jack in the Box. I had two tacos in my car, in my hand. I had a uh, um, what did I have uh, a large Coke or some crap and I, I was like looking at Instagram while I was driving and I saw Kyle Superhuman Father you know video or post or something and I was like so sick and tired of being sick and tired like waking up every day and like my ankles aching and I didn't even realize how I looked like, I think if I would have realized how I looked in my before picture, I might have did something before because I'm like, who is that person? Like, that's insane. And so anyways, like I would get to work and like hobble in. And it was like, a, I felt like a joke in that sense. And I'm like, how am I so like, how am I doing so well in some aspects of my life, like, like my career, and then just blowing it in these other, you know, and I haven't even got into like my relationship with my wife and stuff yet. And so anyways, like I felt like crap. I had just got back from Disneyland or California Adventure with my kids. And I felt like I was getting lapped by 60 year olds. I was ready to leave at like noon. I was sweaty and hot and like just didn't feel good about myself. And I was just like had been living like that for a while. Uh, like I, I had like a fear of working out as well. I didn't believe in myself physically, which, you know, transfers into other things. And then um, I just kind of like me and my wife, like people would have thought we had a, I'll say a good marriage, you know, we'd been married, we've been married for 15 years now. So it's like around 13 years at that point. But like, I knew that we had, like, I was not meeting my wife's needs because I was not able to be present. I was not able to listen. And I was not really even able to be like intimate in an emotional way, like not a sexual way but an emotional way like so there was just like no connection like or in my mind I like she would ask me for for more and it was like I couldn't even see what she was asking for like I was almost like impervious I felt like I had a wall built around my heart um I even will say that like I felt like my old self was imprisoned inside of me I can get into that kind of later um but I just like couldn't see it you know like I just had some filters over my eyes and I just could not see and I had been living that way until I started for a long time like let's say a decade or more so um so I, I don't know Ryan I, I think that that answers the, the does that answer the question <laughs> yeah like that's kind of where absolutely. I was at right that's that's a long-winded where I was at you know I think my biggest issues in my life were my nutrition my health 
and my relationship with my wife. Like I had good relationships with friends. I was successful financially. Um, and I would did say, you expect, you know, did you yeah. expect when to c- come into this, did you expect to improve things with your wife or were you like, maybe I just need to get healthier? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I thought what might improve would be my wife wouldn't like what I would say, what I would have called at that point, nag me about like my health. Like that was the lie. Like my wife nags me about my nutrition. You know, she never really said anything about my exercise, but um, like she didn't have to, I knew, you know, but um, you know, like she would always be like, why don't you eat? Like she would make healthy food and I wouldn't eat it you know, or I would never eat the leftovers, you know? So, um, you know, I think like when I joined, like, yeah, I felt like I was joining a workout program. I think, you know, like I felt like (laughs) what I would get was I would get like, I, I never, I don't think I ever believed that I would get like, like shredded, you know, like I never thought, like, I think the lowest I ever hit was like 138.7 you know, and like, I was at like 205 ish, 205, 208 when I started. And I thought like, maybe if I got down to 175 or something, I would be happy, you know? And like, yeah. now I'm yeah, like three and a half months into the bulk and I just hit 150, you know? So it's like, <laughs> and, he's so I can't, and I you can't got, even I gain, it. like, it's crazy, you know? So hey, wait, like, I'll find it. Keep talking. Hang on. I'm going to find your, your, your picture from today. I'm going to find it. Hang on. Um, so right. yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Don't, yeah, I, I want to find that. I, you just posted it. Let's, let's find Dude, it. Is it, is this like a new feature, man? I don't think I've seen you like, uh, like I, yeah, I, like when you I, I know up my screen share. I saw you yeah, pull, pull up yeah. as fat, you know, dude, where, yeah, yeah. where, okay. So you just posted it. I just I saw like, it. Yes. Like, you become a tech master, you know, like, I'm learning. Yes. Oh, you know how to mute yeah. everybody. It took like a year and a half to learn how to mute <laughs> everyone, you know? And now it's like, you've so been like true, getting, this is from today. How many? How much weight have you gained since your bottom? You're 138. You're 100 what? I'm, I'm like 150. Like I'm hovering like so 140. That's 12 pounds heavier. 12 pounds heavier. He's got a belly vein. You see that? Belly vein. Freaking shoulder veins. Jacked. What? Like, <laughs> so we knew. We know this is this works, and we know on the physical side of things, you um. You, you crushed it. Like, we know that. Let's dig in. Like, we know that's going to happen. You just show up. We understand this. Okay. What surprised you? Yeah. So, you know, I think that a lot of guys have said, you know, in, in their, you know, Transformation Tuesday talks that, you know, obviously like losing 70 pounds, I would estimate I lost 70 pounds of fat and gained like, 10 to 15 pounds of muscle from when I started. And, you know, um, I like, it wasn't like I was super, like, I'm definitely obviously not like a, a super buff guy, like, like a lot of the guys in this program are. And part of it, like when I got COVID, which Ryan kind of mentioned, I lost all of my muscle. Like, I think I was like two months into the program and like, I, like when I got out of the hospital, I I mean, I was kind of bedridden, like with COVID for two weeks, like either in the hospital or at home. But then I was like, pretty, like I was on an oxygen machine for another like two weeks at home. Um, You know, and I I couldn't even like when I would get out of bed to walk like 20 feet to the bathroom on oxygen, I'd be blacking out like, 
I would be like holding the wall. It was terrifying. Like he just uh, stole all of your excuses. <laughs> I had like when I landed in the hospital, I had one lung like a hundred percent full of fluid, and my other lung was like ninety percent full of fluid. And they were like, "What are you doing? Like you're you're gonna die. Like what the hell is it? Like why did you wait so long to come to the hospital? Like which was probably partly my um, my my fault, you know. But uh, I just didn't believe that I was gonna get like sick and die of COVID, and. Uh, I almost did. Like I almost went on a vent. Uh, they told me I'd be in the hospital for months that I was probably going to need a lung transplant. I had triple pneumonia. I had sepsis. I had a cytokine attack. I like had organ failure. Um, my veins were just deteriorating. My IVs were blowing like crazy. Um, when they could get one, I was so dehydrated. Like it was, it was bad. Um, I basically like just refused to vent or I probably would have been on one. And, uh, you know, and I had a, I did have a great nurse and I, I was like, man, I got to get out of here. Like I walk in and they're like, if you're going to, if you're going to die, like, we'll let you FaceTime your family. Like I was in total isolation. No one could come see me. The nurses were wearing like space suits. This is kind of like in the heart of the pandemic. I think when this happened, um, this was like end of September, October, 2021. Yeah. And so I mean, I got out and at that point, like I'd been in the program for two months. I had a lot of success right out the gate. I had lost like 20 pounds in like two months or less. And, and then that hit me and it just rocked me. I like lost all my muscle. And then by the time I like came out of it, um, like I was just, I had lost a lot of strength, which was, which was a bummer, but because of being in this program and learning how to do hard things, like, like I was like, I just, I, after a couple of weeks, like I had no doctor, like it, they were like, you can, it took, it was going to be like three months until I could see a doctor when I got out of the hospital. So I had like basically no medical intervention until uh, like late December, like when I'm getting out of the hospital, like early October. And so after about 10 days, exactly after at 10 days at home, I cut the oxygen. I started pelotoning a couple minutes a day. I think I could do like 40 Watts for like five <laughs> minutes when I started and I had been an avid cycler for a long time. So I had strong legs before. And so I just kept doing more and more and more. And I had this goal to like be able to go trick-or-treating with my kids at the end of October, which I was able to do. Um, and when I finally hit the doctor's office in December, when I went to see the pulmonologist, which they thought it was a consult for a lung transplant, I walked in and they're like, how are you doing? And I was like, I just cycled like 35 miles. And they were like, what? And they were like, I'm like, yeah, like, what are we going to, like, where do we go from here? And they're like, <laughs> like, you just go home. Like, you're fine, I guess, you know, like we, like it's, we couldn't believe it. And, uh, and so that was kind of that. So that was the COVID thing. It, it sucked, man. Um, it was scary, scary for my wife, you know? Um, and then, uh, yeah. So what, what was actually the question, Ryan? I've that was me, well, it's set, it's set yeah. it up so perfect yeah, so, because something yeah. happens when you go that deep, when you oh, almost die, yeah. and then you yeah. don't let it crush you, you you start to appreciate other things in your life. And so something exactly. yeah. began to change. Yeah. Something began to change in, in, in your relationship. Yeah. And I just kind of want to dig it, you know, yeah. or whatever that is. Yeah, yeah. I'll, Maybe yeah, your I'll perspective. So, yeah, your perspective. So my perspective did change. Like, when I got home from the hospital, like, I had this, like, like I was less, I, I was a very independent person. Like my wife would say, like in the past, my wife would say, if I died, would you even cry? Or 
I feel like you don't even need me. You're so independent. And like I was very independent and I never cried. Like I hadn't cried like maybe for 20 years. And so when I got out of the hospital, and that it comes from like probably my family of origin and, and a lot of stuff, you know, but when I got out of the hospital, I, like I had this like newfound glimpse and hope and, and I swear it lasted for like two weeks. And then I was like, as soon as I started getting healthier, it came like my old self came back in a lot of ways. Like I had taken several months off from the program. Like I did have the call Ryan was talking about like on oxygen, but it was like, I felt like I couldn't do anything. So it's like, how am I going to participate? Like I couldn't even eat. Like I couldn't eat something and breathe. Like it was terrible. I hated eating like, and it was like, uh, it, it just sucked. But anyways, after like I was in the program for two months and I was out for three or four months and then I was back in, like I had talked to Kyle several times and he was great. Like, I mean, these guys had reached out to my wife to see if they could help, you know, uh, praying for me, sending me text messages while I'm like in the ICU, like responding back incoherently, like in, so the program was like, everyone really supported me. And that was really cool. That was really cool for my wife because not only did when I had COVID, all five of my kids, four of my kids had COVID and my wife. So like no one could really even come over to our house while I was in the hospital and stuff to help. And so fast forward, like through those four months and then I get back in the program and then I'm like in like 85% for a long time. Like I'm losing weight. I had a lot of weight to lose. So even at 85%, I'm still shredding weight, right? I'm, I'm listening to the Zoom calls. I'm doing the workouts. I'm, I'm not hitting failure every set. And, and that goes on for a long time. And I, and I get into the 160s. So I'm like 205 to 160s. And I'm like, I'm kind of just there. And at one point, and I, I think this is around like June or July of last year, I kind of have this I mean, a lot of stuff is changing in my life. Like, I, like holes are getting punched in the dam. I, I'm leveling up in new ways. I'm becoming more dependable. Like, I'm getting home from work on time. I'm, I'm doing more of what I said I would do. Like, but I'm still not like in that flow state. Maybe we'll call it. You know, like in, I'm, st I'm not like in full alignment with my conscious all the time. Like, not even close. And I remember, like, I think I was talking with Ryan and. I'm like, I, and I was at 2000 calories for just a long time. I remember time. this and conversation. So I, I was at the and, beach with my kids. I remember this uh, phone call, bro. Yeah. yeah I was at the and beach I, and I'm kids. like, yeah. And I'm like, I want to cut to 1850, I think. And, um, you know, and I was like, I need to, like, I need to finish this, man. I need to follow through with what I started. Like I had been thinking a lot about this, like what we say, it's not about you. Um, you know, we need to be dependable. We need to like give no one an excuse, you know, like we slip they fall like like these different you know uh superhuman father uh superhuman father doctrine i'll say as ryan mentioned said earlier you know like these things have just like replayed themselves in my head over and over and over again and but i just couldn't stay consistent for long enough and and then all of a sudden i like get to 1850 calories and and i'm like back in like a like more of a deficit you know and i'm there for a couple weeks lose some weight. And then I'm like at 1650, you know, and then I think there, like, and 
you know, and I maybe I was there for a month and then I was at 1400 and I was in for, I was at 1400 calories for a while, a couple months, you know, and, and I'm still like drinking some beers every once in a while and, and just, you know, in it more, but, and so then I cut that and, and I'm just hitting my macros every day and I'm, I'm hitting my workouts and I'm doing extra bonus burns and I'm following through, um, with the things that, that I said that I would do my non-negotiables. Right. And so all of a sudden, like I start just seeing a clearer vision, you know, like I always had this, like, what's my purpose? Like to me, the, to be the man that I needed when I was a kid, you know, like my wife and my family, um, like almost like transcendent stuff. And, but it was like, well, then why can I not, like, I have such a why. And it's like, if with a why, like a man can, what do they say? Like, it doesn't matter the how, if you have a strong enough why or something like that. Right. And, um, all of a sudden, man, I just, it becomes clear. It's like, it clicks. And, and I just am like laser focused. I'm hitting my macros. Like I could like watch people eat cakes and drink beers all day. And it doesn't matter. Like, it's just, I'm there. And from there, it was like, from one six, you know, I don't remember exactly where I was, but it was like, I dropped that, you know, all the way down to the 140 or whatever to getting posted. And it was right before my 15th marriage anniversary. Um, and during that last couple months, and I remember the day, December 2nd, and I got posted January 11th, I believe like December 2nd, it just like my life just changed. Like, like, and when I say my life just changed, like, like I sat down at a table at a restaurant with my wife and we had a two hour conversation and I got back up from that table after that two hours. And I looked at her and I was like, something happened and, and I'm changed forever. I know that I am. And like, we had had this conversation, we've been, you know, going through this course called uh, men's skills and women's skills and part of that is this pain and peace cycle and so part of that is is going through like your past and your wife goes through her past and 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 you re you kind of think of you know you have these feelings which kind of fall into coping mechanisms and, and I won't get too much into that but but so I had kind of mentioned before like I, I could never I was independent I was not able to listen I was not able to I didn't have real empathy I didn't have like this intimacy with my wife, I couldn't follow through with the simple things that she had asked for. And so all of a sudden I could like that, you know? So we sat down, we had this conversation and for like two hours, I just looked into her eyes and just completely listened and was laser focused and asked more questions, but like, and i never made it about myself and I never went off topic. And it was just kind of like, like, can you tell me more about that? um, sort of questions. And she felt safe and she felt after telling me all these things known. And some of this stuff was hard to hear. Like this is like childhood trauma of her early life when her dad abandoned her. And then through her teenage years of being mistreated by like boyfriends and stuff and stuff that we had never fully talked about. Cause I was just like too fragile to hear or didn't want to share my stuff or just didn't really felt like I needed to know. But so I'd let my wife carry this burden for our entire marriage to where like, if maybe I really knew how she 
was damaged in the past, would I still love her? And like, I love her more and none of it was anything to, you know, like, and like, I won't say it wasn't anything. It was like, my wife had this darkness that she had to live in, like basically being unparented and not having anyone to look out for her and being abandoned by her dad. And like, I didn't have that in my life. So I don't really know what that's like, but like, I was able to go into that, like with her, like little Lacey, I call her, my wife's name's Lacey. And it's like, I was able to sit through these hard experiences with her and like fully have her tell me about them and how it made her feel and like be there with her in that discomfort. What did that and do so for that, her? Like my wife- well, how, did that, felt, how did that change your relationship when you were able oh, to do that, do that for her? What like did that do my, for her? Oh man, I mean, it did everything. Like we, it went from my, like if my wife was telling her friend how our relationship was and that's like the real, so, my, you know, like if your wife is telling her girlfriend how your marriage is, like that's the real truth, right? And so it's not like how, like if your buddy asks you how your marriage is and you tell him, right? No, like I want to hear what my wife tells her friends when I'm not there, right? And so it went from like, like I don't listen. I, I'm good at some things, but I can't give her what she really needs because I don't have these, I can't even listen. I can't feel I'm emotionally absent and stuff like that too. I, I'm the man of her dreams. I fulfill all of that. I make her feel known. I make her feel loved, chosen, cherished, desired. We have this tight intimacy. It's like I can look into her mind and it's like almost like know what she's thinking. And it was like this. And it was like insane because it had been so different for so long. And I felt like I had that when I had met my wife and we had this insane intimacy. But it was like it, I had lost it, like even before we got married. And I hadn't had it now for 15 years and, and she was right. Like I didn't really know her and I didn't, and it's not that I didn't care about her, but I didn't love her in the way that she needed it to be loved. And then it was like, and I'll just give an example. Like my wife would almost beg me to write her cards like every six months to tell me how I would feel and how I felt about her and stuff. And it was so generic, the ones that I would write her. And I would like, she would have to ask me a hundred times. Like I write my, I probably averaged writing my card my wife a card or a note like a nice note where I make her coffee for her and and leave out her medicine like I do that on average six days a week since December 2nd you know so I don't know how many times that is but it's like she used to ask me to do that if I could do that twice a year she would have been happy before now I do it over 300 you know and I do it better and it's easy like before it was like, I couldn't do it to save my life. And I would wonder what the hell is the matter with me? Like, why can't I just do what's these simple different things? About you, what's different about you that's allowed, has allowed you to do that? And if your wife's response wasn't as positive as it is right now, would you still do that for her? Oh, yeah, man. I mean, so like since that day, our marriage was just on this like rocket ship blast, man. I mean, we... We're up until like four in the morning for like two months straight, talking, making love for hours. And it was just, it was absolutely insane. And, and that was not sustainable, right? Like there's nights I'm sleeping like a half an hour, man. It's like, it's like three 30 and my alarm clock's going off at four. And my wife's like, are you going to wake up at four? And I'm like, yes. And so like, eventually that had to like calm down to like going to bed at like midnight and I still probably average four hours of sleep or something a night but um which is probably something I need to work on but like things are still amazing and awesome but like even in the last couple days like we like 
I struck a nerve with her about something I said. And, you know, she's a little sensitive this time of the month, I think, you know, like these couple days. And so she got upset and she was like in her pain. She felt like inadequate. She felt really inadequate that she couldn't respond to the acts that I do for her. And that like, I'm carrying our marriage right now. And it put, it's putting pressure on her because she feels like she can't possibly like respond equally to how I'm loving her. And then she felt like, cause she hadn't, that I had started loving her less and, and was doing those things less. And so like I had to like, you know, she was stuck in this pain cycle and, and I was in a little pain too, because like it had been almost perfect for months, you know? And maybe I was being a little withdrawing, you know, like maybe the, the last couple of days I didn't look at her, you know, the same way I had for the last six months or so. And so, and she was probably right. I kind of hadn't, cause I did have this little, like, why am I doing all this work? A couple of days, you know, like not even a couple of days, maybe a day, you know, I was like, yeah, I've been writing you letters every day. I've been doing this for you. I've been doing this for you. I've been planning all these dates. Like, and really, I, the trick the was, she was she, she was doing that for 15 years. I've been doing it for six months, and now I'm going to pull that card, right? So, so like, what do we learn? What do you learn from that? That's kind of interesting. So tell us. Yeah, I, I, I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to outserve you and expect nothing in return. Like, this is what Let's I've been go. saying and hearing for a year. And like, why, don't, why am I all of a sudden, if my wife's not responding which like my wife's been responding like crazy. And like when I changed in December and I looked at my wife's eyes and I was like, and my wife is beautiful. My wife is the most beautiful woman in the world. And I look at her and I'm like, I have this realization as I like transcend through the last 15 years of how I had been to her. And she had just basically begged me. And I hate to say begged, but it was almost like that. Just spend time with her. Will you just be with me? Well, you just spend time with me, like quality time. And I'd be like, oh, I'd love to, except I'm, I'm in grad school right now. I have to do my homework. Or I took the second job where I'm making all this extra money doing data analysis in the garage, or I'm restoring all of these cars to make money for our family. And it was like, always this, always this, like all, I always overbooked myself. And she always took the brunt end of that by not having time spent with her. And I look back at that and I look at this stupid crap that I chose over my wife, which I've cut almost completely out of my life since December, like, uh, and, and I went, you know, from this place of like before, like I, I, all my thoughts were about like, Oh, I'm going to buy like this bigger, I'm going to build this bigger motor for my hot rod. I'm going to buy an old truck. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to buy this. I'm going to buy that. And, and, and I was working for it. You know, that's the jobs to pay for it. But I also enjoyed that work because I was such a gearhead and, and, and I look at all that stuff that I did that I could have been spending that time with my wife. And I was like, I can't even, I can't even relate to the man that would make that choice. Like, I don't even understand why he did because it's almost like I, I'm not even connected to the person that I was for so long. And it, cause it's just so foreign to me now. And so like when I changed, I, I was doing the second job. I, I, I immediately put my notice in and said, I'm done. And it was like such a cake job, you know, I was making three, four, thousand plus a month for like working a couple hours in my garage a couple nights a week and you know I had just restored this car 
that I've been working on for a year and a half. I put it up for sale and sold it. Uh, I told the, you know, all these people that I was restoring cars for, I'm not doing anymore. I'll finish this last one and I'm done. And I just started cutting all of the things that were taking time from my wife and my kids away. I'm like, I'm done, you know? And people were like, well, I'll pay you more money if you'll stay. And no, I'm done. You know, like, I don't care how much money it is. It's not about the money. You know, I'm going to live in the present with my family. And that was so foreign to what I'd been doing for so long. And, you know, it's such a, uh, you know, such an incredible way to live, you know? And, um, you know, my, I would say that the change in my marriage is more than 90% of my transformation. And, and then also that same, like, because like, I was that way so long, people knew how I was like, I mean, people come over and I, I was like an OCD detailed freak, you know, and that's why I was so good, I think at the car restoration. But like people, come, and I would always have my house like in order and I'd come home and I would like whirlwind clean my house if it was in disorder with like a like a disgruntled look on my face. And it was like, instead of embracing my kids, it was like, you know, stepping over a hundred dollar bills to pick up gum wrappers or something, you know? And, and so like sad man like and like like that was another thing like I was OCD about cleanliness and that is that was completely gone all of this stuff was like that it was so crazy it was like god what did you have to kill you know what did you have to what did you have to kill in yourself so so this like I it's so powerful I'm so inspired I'm like I need to level my shit up how did you do it Rob what is it that was inside of you that was stuck in your ability to connect with your wife and children away. What what did you kill? What did you so, have to overcome? Like, was it a process? Did you prepare for that mo- moment in December 2nd? Do you think there had been months of, of preparation for that to happen? You know, give me the nuggets. I want to know. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, so all the time, you know, spent before in, in this program um, really pre- prepared me for um, – you know, like, so this whole time, right. I'm like learning how to suffer. Like I'm sitting, I'm sitting in discomfort at lower calorie levels, uh, way, way lower. Like, I mean, I don't even know what my calorie level was before. I was probably like 5,000, 6,000 calories a day or something, you know, before I started. And so, but as I got down towards the bottom and got really low, like it gets harder, right? Like you're hungry, like 1400 calories sucks, you know, and you're, you're, you're gassing in the gym faster. You don't, you just don't have the energy and sitting there for, for quite some time, like just sitting in that discomfort and and the suffering that I had learned to do before, like prepared me and molded me like slowly, because this is like a year process for me after COVID to become less selfish. And so like, there was small changes and small changes over this whole time in my marriage, but it was like all culminating up to this moment of like, can total transformation where I felt like everything moved from my head into my heart. And, and it was like, all of a sudden I could see, and it was like, I, I talked about it in, in like some of the marriage masteries or some zoom calls. I don't remember what zoom call was, but about like, like I had had these filters over my eyes and they were removed. Like, like I had been seeing in black and white and all of a sudden I was seeing in color and it was, I could see that, and, and all of my crap was really just selfishness, right? Like all of my hobbies and all of this stuff I put over other people was just me saying no to people. And it was mostly my wife and kids and saying yes to myself. And it was all of a sudden, it was just like, this is not about me. This is about my wife and my kids and the people around me. 
And I'm going to serve them by doing the things that they need me to do. And for my wife, that was quality time. That was intimacy. And I felt like God reached out and he removed the rest of those things to where it was complete clarity for me. And it was like, I'm like, oh my God, you know, now I can see. And then I could see everything I had been doing for years and how that hurt my wife and my kids. And I had so much regret. And I like trans, you know, I basically, I felt like I like just transcended through all that time. And I could see all these instances where I said no to my wife and like time I spent down in the garage and my wife is just like reading a book in our bedroom, asking me to hang out with her. And it wasn't like I was a dick. It was just, I just chose other things. And for me, like, gosh, man, like that was like such an example of grace, you know, like, I'm like, while my wife was rejected thousands of times, probably over that time period and could have found somebody else to meet those needs for her. Like she accepted me. She prayed for me that I, that I would change. She, she remained faithful to me and she just loved me and, and was like, God, you know what? Like if he never changes, like he's still great at a lot of things and I'll just accept these things, even though like my inadequacies were her most triggered her like deepest wounds, right. Of abandonment of her father, of not being enough, of feeling unknown. And I could see all of that at that moment. And like, dude, the tears just burst open. I cried more. I freaking cried on a Zoom call with Ryan and Kyle on the team in the gym, leaning against the wall with my earbuds in, in front of all these people that I see at the gym all of the time. And I did not give a crap at all. Like it was like full vulnerability, full authenticity. Everyone could hear half the conversation of what I was saying and I could care less. And I was like, I hope that they hear it. I hope that it gives them no excuse to freaking level up in their house, you know? And since this time, like, people see my relationship with my wife. They see how we look at each other. They see how we talk. Like, I'm not sharp. I'm not snippy. Like they see like how we touch each other, how we are intimate with each other appropriately in public and, and how we serve, how I serve her and how I treat her like an absolute queen and how I tell her in front of it. And it's like, now people come to me and ask me for marital advice or feel like I'm a safe person and empathetic and share stuff with me. And like, this is like, so foreign to me i'm like this is unbelievable that anyone would consider me a safe place for something like that and it's you know like because you know and and kind of like coming back to like how this happened it's like through you know like my non-negotiables and learning how to suffer learning how to sit in discomfort learning how to become to be able to live in the present and and to be in alignment with my conscious and see like the things that mattered like that all it, you know, it took time because I, I had to, you know, hopefully it doesn't take other people as long, but, um, you know, and other people might not have these issues, like, but I know a lot of guys do, because I know that that call like really, you know, sparked a lot of conversation on, on marriage in the group. And, but like, it was all of my, you know, like, you know, like calorie cutting and, and nutrition and exercise was for that, you know, that part change and, and level up in that area, you know, and of course, like it also made me a healthier person. And that was a big thing. And like my wife's no longer fighting me on food and, and that stuff. And, and so 
uh, I feel better about myself. I feel more confident. Like, I mean, there's a, a ton of other great things because of it, you know, but, you know, it wasn't really for me. It was for my wife and it was for the other men around me in my, in my life that got to witness that and see, you know, what kind of change they can have if, you know, they can, you know, be disciplined in, in these areas and, and, you know, being, you know, basically becoming aligned in your conscious, you know, and doing the things, becoming dependable, right? Like a lot of this is just, if you're dependable, like you'll, you'll, you'll do these things. And so. Okay. Yeah, Let's set up. This is so beautiful. Like this is master. Someone said it's a master class. Yes. Yes, it is. Um, Let's say I'm in a situation and I've hurt my wife. Maybe it's been years. Right now I'm hurting her. I don't know if she'll ever forgive me. She's not responding to me when I try. How, how do I fix this, Rob? What's, what's your advice? Yeah, yeah. Um, what, what countenance do I need? What countenance do I need to bring into my home? You know, so, so there's you know, it's like a, almost like a love dare, right? Like, like out serving your wife and expecting nothing in return. And, and, and that's, and I don't know like what the right answer is for how long forever, I guess is the right, you know, like if you believe Let's in go. the covenant of marriage and if you made a commitment to your wife and to God or to both of them, you know, like, well, how long do I do that for? You do that forever, you know, uh, you know, or, you know, like, or you get divorced and, and like, I, you know, like that happens, like, like, I don't believe that's an option for me, but, but anyways, I'm not going to get into that, but, but so like you serve your wife forever. And well, hang like, on, that's else? beautiful though. That's, you said something really powerful because you either get yeah. divorced or you're all in. Yeah, you, exactly, you're, There's no you know? half-assing because divorcing is respectable if you make the choice and you make that shit happen. But if you just sit there and it's all contractually, like maybe I could just imagine, you know, like being divorced. Anyways, yeah. I'm not going to take from you. You're, you're killing it. But that was powerful. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, for me, like, I'm like, I want to stay with my, you know, like, so for me, like, if, you know, we're in that situation, like, I want, like, I, I hope to never be in that situation again, but, and, and it takes work, like, but like, we, you know, like, I, I put in the work and, and it doesn't mean it's perfect always. It's been pretty damn good, man. Like, like, we've had a really long run, you know, and, and it's funny that just before this call, really, like today, yesterday has been the biggest and it's not really big, but it's it's been the, uh, you know, like. Like, we're not like way up here on cloud nine, maybe I think the we most, are now. We the, most through, human. You know? the most yeah, human, the most human, the most human. like it's not always going to be. And maybe, you know, this happens so that it's like I can come here and I'm not like, oh, my my life's just perfect forever now, like because it's not going to be. And that's unrealistic, like you're going to say something that's going to hurt your wife or she's going to say something or do something that's going to hurt you. And that's, that's life. Okay. Right. But something I know, that, I, keep, you know keep, I keep stopping you. You're, I, yeah, I have no, another okay. question regarding yeah, this. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. that countenance, yeah. some of us feel that way. Some of us feel that way about our wives. We're like, yeah, I'm never going anywhere. How come she doesn't feel that? How, how do I, yeah. how do I give her that? I'm not going anywhere. Right. Yeah. I, I believe that, but she doesn't know that she doesn't feel it. How do I let her know that? What is there something that you do specifically, or is it just over time? Is it an energy? You know? Yeah. Yeah. So, so, like, I was never going anywhere, but it was still bad. Like, me and my wife had decided, like, 
you know, we both individually were like, we're not getting divorced, but we were, it still wasn't good. And like, I still wasn't loving her in the ways that she needed. And so being able to, like, you have to be able to listen and I couldn't listen. So I wasn't a safe place. So my wife wouldn't tell me. So like learn how to listen and learn how to hear things like learn how to catch shit really because if you haven't been listening and loving your wife the way that she needs to be and she's and when she is able to open up like you're going to hear things that are going to be hard because it's going to be like you have been doing this and making me feel like this you have you know like you need to be this way like this is what I need this is how you need to be these are my love languages and like and like so you know like it's gonna hurt like your ego so don't have an ego about it like listen to hear and to understand and not to respond just don't even really respond if like you can't say anything if you can't say like tell me more about that or what how i'm i'm hearing you say and and repeat that to her so that you know you're hearing it right like make it a safe place so that she can tell you how she really feels so that she can feel known and so you can know her and then write it down like write that shit down because you're gonna forget so like take notes and then learn how like so then kind of, you know, like you need to learn, like, how are you making your wife feel with your actions? And then um, in your coping, right? Like, you, and then she makes you feel away and then you cope. And like, how is your coping, whether it's withdrawing to punish or withdrawing to isolate or perfectionism, like OCD crap, or, you know, fighting, like getting sarcastic, whatever it is, you know, like how that is spinning her into her pain. And you're just in this like cycle. You need to like learn how to get out of that and to get into your guys' peace, right? And and so, um, but if, if you don't do that, what yeah, man can do if, that? Yeah, all of us can, you know. And and so I can, and I couldn't, but I can now, and I do. And so find out what attributes did you build? I'm sorry, what? What attributes? Like what? How do? You, how are you able to do that? Yeah. So how did it happen for me? Like I shared with you guys, I sat down and I listened to my wife and for, and then I had that transformation, like, and so then well, now I'm able to listen, the right? Stuff so that then, hurt. The stuff that hurt, like, how did yeah, you... you suffer, man? Oh yeah. Th- th- this was the hardest conversation of my entire life to sit through. Like, like it was so painful. Some of the stuff that I heard, like, like, and some of it, like I it replayed in my mind for months, you know, and like you never want to hear about your wife being abandoned or sexually abused as like a young woman, you know? And it was like, I wanted to kill people. Like I wanted to like rip arms off bodies. And, and it was like, but I was like, but I needed to, and then I had to put myself in those situations in the darkness, right? Like I sat there and her and listened to her, tell me about these, like in some details of them, you know, like what she had been through and how it had made her feel and how that affected her like whole life, you know? And even, and my wife had been through all this EMDR counseling and all sorts of stuff. And until I could really sit, there was more healing. And the last couple and the last, really in the first couple of months of me being able to listen and love my wife and to put myself there with her and to tell her after I heard everything. And I was like, just tell me everything that you need to say to me. I don't care how hard it will hurt me. If you feel like I need to know, you tell me. And so there, there's many conversations about how things made her feel, how I had triggered these things, you know? 
And uh, maybe some of these things that hurt her were things I had done to people in my past, you know? So then I had to think about that too. And, and then when I could be real and I could be authentic and I could sit in that suffering and I could love her and I could tell her like, now I know everything and I love you more. I fully know you. I cherish you. I desire you. You're worthy, you know, and all of these things that were her pain of, and her inadequacies that there are the lies, right? Like the lies that this darkness made her feel when I could take all of that away. And I didn't take it all away at once, but through my actions of showing her after knowing all of that, that I could love her more, like with my actions, with my words, with how she needed, it completely transformed her. And she had more healing than 15 years of EMDR and counseling and women's groups and reading books. And I'm not saying that stuff is not like, I'm not saying that's a waste of time. I think that did help her some, but the changes I've seen in her through us, like inside of our marriage is like, I mean, I, I feel like a hundred times of that stuff, you know? And I've that's even cool. asked her, you know, and it's like, and, and it's a, it's a process, you know, it's like, it's way better, but it's not like a hundred percent gone. Right. Do and you understand now you under do you think part of it is now you understand the 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 impact that you have on her like the actual impact that you have and maybe you didn't understand that until you had that conversation and you were you were strong enough yeah to, to oh to yeah finally, like because now that you understand the impact you're like oh shit the stakes are real high here like i will yeah i, I am what she leans on i am every man wants that dude they yeah, want like their being... wife to lean on him and being dependable and like, be careful as you level up and you become that man, like your bar gets set higher. Like my wife used to expect me to like, my wife wouldn't even ask me when I was going to get home from work because it didn't matter what time I said, I got home when I got home, you know? And if that was two hours, problem. you know? And I it's like, now it's up. like the other day I was 15 minutes late coming home or no, I was 30 minutes late coming home from LA from a swap meet that I had been at for like 22 hours and and i was freaking busted my like i basically finished unloading like like a freaking i probably had like 60 70 crates of hot rod parts in the back of my truck that probably weighed 100 pounds a piece i'd just been selling them non-stop all day to people it was insane i never changed out of my pajamas to get rid of I, the stuff you love by the way yeah yeah and so i'm just selling <laughs> yeah and i'm like selling all this stuff to like and i was and I, I made enough money to buy us all disneyland passes for a year for all six of us or whatever because that's what my kids have wanted my wife really likes it too and and so anyways it's like so i do all that and then i don't even finish i'm on my last crate to unload and i'm like i've been unloading since 4 45 a.m it's like 12 15 and i'm like crap i gotta start loading my stuff back up again and uh so i start loading and freaking the wind blows my freaking easy up as I take the stuff off, tie down. It goes flying in the air. It's a disaster I have to deal with. Anyways, I end up getting home like a half an hour late. And we and and it was like we had people coming over and I had a, I didn't get to help and like getting stuff ready as much as I wanted to. And my wife was she was bummed on me. Like she said, I had I had said that I would be there at a time and I wasn't there. And she depends on me. And I wasn't there and she, she had a ton of stuff to do. She had to get all the stuff ready, her get ready, get all the kids ready. And I come home, like I'm in my pajamas still covered in grime and she was not happy about it, you know? And in the past, it would have just been expected, you know? And, she, but now it was like, she depends on me and I really left her hanging. And, and I was she have brought it up? What was, what, she wouldn't even have brought um, it up in the no. past. 
because no, your reaction, no. you, you were such a bitch. We're such bitches no. that our wife, our tiny little wife can't open her mouth to, to tell us the truth. They have to lie to us because we're so sensitive, right? Yeah. What is different in the way you'd react to something like that now compared to before? Yeah, in the past, I would have been like, that's ridiculous. Like, do you know how much money I made for our family? Do you know what I do you for know, this family? Like, yeah, something stupid like that, you know? And this and this is like the little disagreement that I, I, I was talking about we got into, like in the last, this has just happened, like like on Sunday night. And, uh, you know, that kind of like, I, I was like frantic rush when I got home. And it was like, the, you know, I just got ready, whatever. And the couple came over and. I, I, I sense this like distance a little bit between me and my wife, like just not looking at each other the same way we usually do from across the room, smiling, like embracing each other. We're still doing that stuff, but it's just not what I'm used to, not what she's used to. And, you know, and it's like, uh, you know, we talk about it and, and before we wouldn't have talked about it before it would have been like, like it wouldn't even have come up and would have left. I would have just went out and unloaded my truck. Instead, I left all my stuff in the back of the truck to get rained on. But it was like, it took like then till the next day or whatever, till we really connected again. And even this morning, like I, I was going to go to I, like leaving the gym, I was going to work because it's, it's much closer to go that way. And I was at the gym on the bike and I was just like, what am I doing? Like, I need to go back and tell my wife, like, like her, like our truths in person, you know? So I drove back home like embraced my wife and just told her like, you know, like I, I cherish you. I love you. Like she was feeling not enough, you know, and she had sent me a, a beautiful text and I was like, I got a, I had a freaking crazy busy day, you know, and I, you know, I went home and I embraced her and told her and, and we're having like a sushi date tonight after we put the kids down. And then we're probably going to read like a book, uh, you know, a meaning of marriage by Tim Keller. It's like daily little, you know, reads in that. And then we're probably connecting you know, intimately. And then, you know, have great sex. Like that's probably how the night's going to go, you know, <laughs> Let's and go. So that's most nights. And, 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 uh, anyways, like, like before it was like, I would have like not even thought about this stuff. It wouldn't even have registered to me. Honestly, I wouldn't even have known she was upset. You know, it's not like she's saying mean things to me or being a B or anything like that. It's just like, I am in so in tune to her, you know, like I, like, I know when something's off and, and, and it's like, I, cause I know her. And I know her pain and I know last, last like, I understand question. It. Last so. question. And I know that the, these guys want to ask questions. And I, yeah, I have sorry. I'm, I can't be my rant. I no, can't no, my you just so, I see me. I've been selfish. I've been selfish. So thank you everyone oh, for listening to me. I feel like I'm yeah, like, okay. So all right. Let's say you disagree. Let's say there's something in your values, your code that she disagrees with it vehemently. Okay. Um, now, yeah, yeah, and this is, I'm not trying to test you. I'm just like in this position. Maybe you haven't been yeah. in this position recently. What do you do and how do you treat it? Yeah, okay. So, like, if I, you know, if, if there is something that, that is a firm belief of mine and, and, and she's in disagreement with it, like, you know, like, I, we would talk about it, you know? Um, I guess it's dependent on, on, on what it was, you know? Like, is it something that we can compromise on? You know, is it something I think I would really look at, like, is, is this something that is for me and, or is this something like for her and for others? Like, you know, like if she was like, I don't agree with you going to the gym and working out anymore. And I want you to stop completely. Like, like that would be a hard one, you know, like, 
I think I would be like, well, like I'm going to get soft and like that discipline and follow through allows me for my cup to be full and to give to others. And, and like, I'm not doing it for myself to get ripped. Like I'm, I'm doing it to be strong for my family. And so I just don't think that she would ever say something hey, like we, that, but we've had, we've had that one. We've had that one where it's like, I don't like how you leave me in the morning. And so the answer was, we just acknowledge how tired Kyle is. Thank you, Kyle. Thank you for working your ass off, bro. I can hear that in your voice, dude. Holy smokes. Anyways, keep going. And, and so, yeah, and Kyle brings up a great thing. Like, so, just go, so oh, like, oh, there he is. Sorry, we lost oh, you. Sorry, we lost you, Kyle. Wi-Fi. Oh, Where'd you go? Oh, I'm here. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah, I, I the, cut the, you the, off, Kyle, to say thank you, and then you disappeared. So I'm going to shut okay. up. What were you going to say, Kyle? The answer was uh, get up earlier. And yeah. he was like, I already get up at 4.30. And I was like, and? <laughs> Dude, Chris, yeah. Coach Chris gets out of bed at 3.30 sometimes to do his bonus burn, and then he'll go snuggle his wife because she likes to wake up with him. Dude, I, I do this all the time. 4.30 a.m., go cruise up there. It was like I was never gone. Yeah, like ex exactly. I mean, I, I I guess this answers the question, and my and my response for something like this is the same. Is that it's like I mean, and this is like this is like a, almost like a pillar of the program, right? Like when you start and you do and you start right, like so. Say you don't work out, you start the program and you work out now. Like, well, you work out on your time, not on your family's time, and so that's the answer. So like I, you know, I get up at four between four and four thirty, and I'm back from the gym before my wife wakes up. I have her medicine and water ready. So at about like six, six thirty, when she's waking up and she has to take this, she had her, a thyroid surgery a couple of years ago. So I, I give her, I walk in, I drop the pills in her mouth, pour a little water in. I wait 10 minutes. I make her coffee. I write her note usually or card during that time. And then I bring it in and snuggle with her or, you know, get started on making breakfast or whatever. And I, you know, hang out before I go to work. And uh, so, yeah, you know, like, and if, I guess if that wasn't, if she started waking up earlier, then I guess I'd have to start getting up even earlier and find a different gym because it doesn't wait open that early, you know? So, um, or some days, like if I don't like, say I like go to bed at 2 AM, like, you know, my wife will be like, I'm worried about you that you're, you're not getting enough sleep. Like, I know you're going to wake up at four or four 30, like, and she gets, you know, and that's a legitimate concern. Like, I mean, cause all, you know, like sleep two, three, four hours consistently many days in a row. And so I'll be like, okay, you know what? Savage. I'll, I'll set my alarm for six. I'll work out on my lunch break at work, you know, and actually, so I modify it, you know, her hands off you. It's, it's hard to sleep because you, you, you just don't sleep anymore. Your wife is just all over you for just all night long. You can't sleep anymore. You just give it up. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, you know, um, yeah. So I, I hope that answers the question. Um, yeah, yeah. And it's fun to give your wife abs, huh? Isn't it fun? Like you, it's not yeah. like, like it doesn't feel like a chore anymore. You're like, maybe she's enjoying this. Like, wow. Yeah. This oh, yeah, is for me. Like for the first time, that's so fun. I know I have that experience, bro. Very powerful. Yeah. So, so. let's open it up. Let's. It's six oh seven. Um, I can. Um, I can let it roll too if we if we have more questions. I just got a hard stop at six fifteen. But 
there might be some questions here. I imagine there are questions because, damn, like you just dropped some bombs. So Brad's got a question, or at least, and I love you. So I know he does love you. So let's bring it, Brad. Rob, dude, I'm so proud of you, man. You're so awesome. Oh, uh, thanks, man. But, I'm like, you, know, you guys all are your, all awesome. All your stuff with your wife, it's, 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 that's probably the most inspiring to me the most. Um, you, you seem to have a real connection with her. Can you, can you talk more about that vision you had in, in early December where you just feel like you transformed? Like, what, what do you think spawned that? What kind of things were, were going on in your, in your head that where you made you aware that you changed? Uh-oh, he went robot. You there, Rob? Yes, can you hear me? Yeah, can yeah, you hear me? I can. Um... All right. So it was such it was such a massive change that it was just undeniable. Like I mean, it was like what just happened, you know? So like and and it happened like this, you know? And like during that conversation of just being able to listen to her, it was, I felt like I was in like a, like a, a vacuum in space to where like everything else was black. And I was just looking into her eyes and listening. And we were at like a, a nice restaurant and, and like, I didn't even like, this kind of started to happen, like, like getting into like more of the deepness of the conversation when we were eating our salad, we were sharing a salad. And then when we got our, the entree, like I never really even ate it. And like two hours later, like, I'm like, oh, dude, did we get like our food? And like, did the waitress ever come? Like I did, I was so impervious. Like the restaurant could have been like robbed while I was there and I wouldn't even have known. And uh, so it was like this intense focus. And I was just, it was so, and that amount of focus and, and to being able to listen to her and for her to be able to like, like she had no idea how deep she was going to share at that day and, and, and no real plan. And she just kept going because she felt safe, which was such a foreign thought for her at that time. And, uh, so it was, it was, uh, it just was undeniable and that it had happened. Um, and, and then it was like my, I was like, well, I just see the world di completely differently now, you know? And it's like, my kids are just like looking at us, like, and, and hearing us talk to each other, like not sharply and just embracing each other so much. And, and it was almost just like, we we're like eighth graders, like, you know, like it's like your junior high girlfriend or something, you know, at magic mountain and uh and, and it was just like intimately rad in that way and um and really man it was like i felt like god reached down and just touched me and changed me at that and that moment you know and it was you know i had prepared myself with you know the work that i had did to be able to handle that suffering you know and i feel like god used that moment to like right i mean because it's like the two become one flesh right and god healed us both so much at that moment although my wife didn't have all of these inadequacies that i had she had this pain that i didn't have and my inadequacies were spiraling that over and over for our whole marriage really and 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 so like god changed those things in me to bring healing to her but i had to do all of this work and learn how to suffer and sit in discomfort to be able to sit through that conversation because that never would have happened one, because she would have felt unsafe, and two, because I wouldn't listen. And even if she had planned it, I would have just like shut it off or like brought something else up or whatever. So, um, you know, and so yeah, I hope that answers you know your, your the question. And so also during this time, I 
my wife had asked me to do this. Uh, it's called Men's Skills through the Relationship Resource Center at a local church. And basically it's a, uh, a marriage course and you go through kind of like your childhood trauma, your family of origin stuff, this pain and peace cycle that I kind of talked about earlier. And you kind of learn about like why you have these trigger feelings and, and your coping mechanisms and, and how like that affects your spouse um, and plays into theirs. And, and so my wife had asked me to do this thing, which I never would have done if I hadn't done this program because I never would have agreed to like change all my night shifts with somebody else and sit at this thing once a week for like two or three hours to talk about this kind of stuff. And, um, and even in that group, man, people were like, when I had had this transformation, they were like, geez, man, like, who are you? You know, from like the beginning of the group to the end, I'm actually going to be like facilitating as a leader in, in that program in the future. Um, I just finished my training, but so, um, you know, that also, that helped, you know, like I think my marriage in a, in a different way, it was like, you know, um, kind of a combined effect um, of like getting prepared to like even hear or think about these types of things that I just never was able to even, I wasn't even able to like think that I should even think about these types of things because I was so selfish, basically, you know, so selfish and so fragile, I guess, which, you know, this, you know, superhuman fathers really like smashes both of those things out of your life, you know, and in a progression. Thanks for asking that question, Brad. Like, I hope that I, that I uh, responded in a way that made sense. <laughs> oh, definitely. definitely. Cause, uh, yeah. yeah. The longest time I, I was the selfish, fragile little bitch as well. And so, um, I find my eyes are, are slowly Me opening too. and my ears are opening as well. And so th things awesome. are changing here, but, um, it's more of a progression, but I, I, uh, the fact that you had tunnel vision and everything else went black and you like were in the zone just it inspires me. I hope that happens to be soon. <laughs> hey guys. Uh, I know Ryan's got to close here, Rob. Thank you so much um, for being you being a fucking walking miracle, bro. Like, listen, I'm going to look at my wife different when she walks in the door in 10 minutes. Me too. Like, I'm going to go embrace her right now. Like, like I, I've, I've had to change now, you know? And so I want everyone to feel that. Here's the other thing I want everyone to understand. And if, if, if you know, a lot of people are gone now, but I hope people listen to this recording because it's so important to understand this one concept. One move leads to another. And if that one move is not made, you're stuck forever. Do you understand what I'm telling you? Everyone just stop and think, what is that boulder in your way right now that you're refusing to move? You'll be stuck forever until you move that boulder, that one. You can look at Rob's along the way. He had to go, he had to almost die for it to shake him enough to become this man. What's going to have to happen to you? Are you going to have to be compelled? Or are you just going to move that thing out of the way? That's the question. Because there's more boulders in the way that you're going to have to move. And to get where Rob got, is, you have to move a lot of them. But one leads to the next. And even though the next one's harder, 
it's easier to move because you believe. <laughs> Does this resonate with you, Rob? Oh, yeah, man. I mean, 100%. I mean, it's a process, right, of like just peeling back things and, and, and your eyes opening up to, to, to more things as you, um, you know, go through and, and like how you say, move boulders, you know, and what if, like what now if I have more, you know, struggling with the macros. What if you were still struggling and not hitting those? What if you decided to, when that thought came, maybe I should stop drinking. What if you didn't? What if you just were like, nah, I can still have a few every once in a while yeah yeah i mean yeah all those things and it's like i i feel like you know that the, the calorie restriction and the workouts like like that is going to put you in a, a place of mental clarity where you're going to see things that you will not see when you're not there and and in uh and if you're cheating and you know like you're cheating yourself like i did it for on and off for a long time until i didn't and um so, so knock it off, you know, cause you're just, you're really just costing, I mean, you're costing yourself time and you're costing yourself the, the chance that maybe you never will do it and you'll never have that next boulder to move to, to, to get to where you need to be, you know, and, and maybe you're okay with that for yourself, but are you okay with that for your wife and your kids and the other people that need to see you do the impossible so that they can as well? And so if you're not doing what you know you need to be doing, know that you're, you know, leaving like, you know, like how Kyle says, you're leaving those demons to be slayed by your wife or your kid or by a bunch of other people. So like it really is, you know, we all really are connected in your example of, you know, follow through and not giving people an excuse to stay in their BS is is everything you know and time to level up if you're not you know and that's and and stay connected that's the message what do we always say tie great spiritual meaning to your daily habits and you will finally follow through so what rob just showed you is what happens when you go all in and have faith in the process and so now you see just a fitness program right yeah yeah love it thank you beautiful this, yeah, this thank is, you kyle this, this just changed lives like you just gave back so much um you got 5 a.m at your house tomorrow morning yeah there's a couple guys come in yeah uh come. you know so already i'll be there I'll, uh you got the address right yeah it's in the text so i'll come in already all right brother. love bye. you guys for coming tonight take care bye thanks everyone Love you guys. That was epic. Go serve your families. Thanks for the example, Rob. You can hear mine in the background. Thank you, Rob. Peace. Love you guys. Yeah, thank, thank you, guys. Next time on the Superhuman Fathers Transformation Podcast. I didn't do it for my family at all. In fact, back in those days, you know, if it was 10 a.m. on a Sunday, I'm like, it's time for dad to go to the gym. I don't care what you guys are doing at home. I don't care whatever activities kids you have at home. I don't care whatever plans wife you made at home. That's when daddy's going to the gym, you know? And so, you know, and even Wes, you know, he, you know, he promoted the same, the same message that superhuman fathers does of doing it for your people. But I didn't live that. I did it for myself.